shit smooth, man. Alright, let's get this shit started off nice and right. It's your host with the most, don't you know? I got no need to boast, because I keep shit afloat. My name is Luke Rowland. I'm the Rolling Stone. I'm never alone. When I got Mary Jane by my side and the Lord above my head, I just know that everything will be all right. What's good, folks? Happy spooky season. Have y'all been up to? Been pumpkin patches? Been, what else do people do during the fall? I feel like eat a lot more donuts now. I feel like Krispy Kreme sales goes up in the fall during the cold weather. That could all be bullshit. Guys get to see family, eat more candy, dressing up like a slut, even though I'm sure my listening base does that on the regular already. It's nice to slut yourself out, though, sometimes from night to night, you know, on special occasions. Just really be a dastardly devil that you are. Ain't that what the Halloween holiday season's all about? Laying them demon out at night. Demon mode. Yo. I've been good, guys. Been pretty busy out in the showbiz scene of Phoenix Valley. Hosted another monthly show of mine. First Fridays at at Menos Place down in Mesa, right off of Southern Avenue. This past month, it was a Halloween theme, you know, because it was the first Friday of October. And I didn't want to, like, do a, a fighting breast cancer wearing a stand-up comedy show. That would, I don't know if that would be a good theme. Everyone would just be saying titty jokes all night. But this theme was spooky season. So everyone, like, you know, dressed up as a costume if they wanted a discount on the ticket. I hosted, and I was the Joker. Yeah. Dressed all up. It was a mix between like Heath Ledger and like a more dapper, um, a more dapper gangster Joker, because uh, I had like a three-piece suit. Not a three-piece suit because I took two of the pieces off, but I had a one-piece suit. I had the vest uh, and some and some suspenders. So it was a good, good little thing. The voice was definitely inspired by Mark Hamill's Joker. I'd say the face makeup inspired by Heath Ledger's. Except for I didn't give myself facial scars. It looked like it did, though. Um, the attitude, I guess, was more like Jared Leto-based because I was just like fucking around, making a lot of empty threats and empty statements. I didn't really back them up. But I'm sure that the swagger I got was pure Jack Nicholson vibes. Um, I got a video of the set, though, so I'll post it on Instagram soon enough. Got a couple good jokes in there. I tried doing my best Joker impression, but I couldn't find a crowbar or a teenager in green tidy whities to beat the shit out of. So I just had to settle on laughing and telling a shitty joke, which I'm already pretty used to. Come on, guys. You've been listening to the podcast. If there's one thing I can do, it's go up in public, laugh hysterically, and tell a semi-shitty joke. Sometimes I fail. Sometimes I tell a really good joke. And I get everybody laughing, genuine laughs. And that's always a good time. But when you're trying to impersonate the Joker, you gotta remember, the dude's not funny. That's why he's the Joker. That's why he went crazy. Because no one could understand his humor. So he decided to kill people and make them smile permanently. If anything, the Joker's just a story about persistence. 
That was cool. Uh, halfway through the show, I was like introducing um, a couple comedians and my friend GC Mike, who you'll be listening to later on in the podcast. He actually uh, pulled through in a Batman like uniform and fucking started chasing me around the whole entire club as I was the Joker, and it was cool. It, I, I led the entire uh, the entire room in a uh, in a um, rendition of Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. I think that's what provoked him. Yeah, you'll be listening to the post-performance interviews with all the comedians that were on that show um, in the coming episodes. I got two of them in this episode, Seth Balance and Truck Doug Comedian. But then there was a couple other highlights, too, like Trey Gutierrez pulled through to the show, uh, Sarah Steiner, Kate Burrell, um, had a couple others that you'll be listening to. And if you want to see me live... I am always hosting a show every first Friday at Menu's Place in Mesa on Southern Avenue. So come through. Have a good time. It'll be a, it'll be a cool little show. But speaking of shows, this upcoming one that you're about to listen to, we got a great one for you guys. Got an exclusive interview with the up and rising poet on the streets, No Grief. She's going to sing, not sing, she's going to recite some poetry for us on the podcast and we'll talk about it. Like I said before, got an interview with Seth Balance and Truck the Comedian. That's featured with by not yours truly, but a very good friend of mine and friend of the podcast, GC Mike. And then, who knows, maybe I got a couple other surprises for you. I'm uh, starting to take a new, um, new variety show approach to these uh, Rolling Stoner podcast episodes. So let me know how you like it. You know, put uh, put your thoughts in the comments on the show website on Spotify. Um, I'll put in, like, questions and answers on the description of the show. Let me know what you guys think. You know, I'm always, I'm always open to new ideas. And if you want to be on the show, just hit me up at my Gmail, LoopTheRollingComedy at gmail.com. That's where I take business inquiries. And yeah, stay tuned for more fun shit, guys. I got I got a lot coming up on the plate. So, without further ado, this is the rest of the Rolling Stoner podcast. I'll be around. And remember, folks, to uh, stay high. Hey, yo, what's up? It's GC Mike. I got my man. Introduce yourself, bro. My name is Seth Byron. I'm a local Arizona comedian. Been doing about two and a half years. I'm, I'm a little drunk right now. Hell yeah, bro. Me too. Me too. So it's all good. We're, we're both in this together, bro. Right. So, like, first of all, bro, how did, how did you think your set went? Uh, three out of ten. Three out of ten? Why is yeah. that? Why is that you think? <laughs> I got too faded before I went up. I think that's all it is, is that if I'm too faded and if you uh like if you aren't nervous before you're going up, mm-hmm. that's not a good sign. Okay. And my parents okay. are here too. Oh and, and they're showing, yeah, they're having a good time. And last time they were here I did a fine set, but also I I guess last time it went so well I was very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And uh 
again, like being uncomfortable makes the funny coping mechanism trigger totally. in your head. I get you. And that's why funny people are funny is because of childhood trauma, feeling uncomfortable. So that's what triggers being funny. And for me tonight, I, I feel like I just set myself up mentally to be too comfortable to make good shit happen on the spot, which I rely too much on. Yeah. Especially in comedy. So, it's not like being a freestyler when you have no verses written or something mm-hmm. and you have no fallback. You have it, no plan B type yep, shit. Yep, yep. So you're just doing plan A to where it ends up being plan Z and you're like, God damn, how do I end up here? Type yeah. Shit. I get yeah. you. I get you. So how did you think like the crowd reacting? You know, what was the crowd reaction? How did you like interact with that? They gave me as they were very giving. I just feel like I didn't give them as much as I should have. And that's why, yeah, like the three out of ten, that's how I feel like that is because they they were very giving. And last time they were very giving. And it doesn't seem like a good spot to do comedy. But you can never blame the crowd. Yeah. Blaming the crowd is copping out of you trying to get better. As, especially as a comedian saying, oh, it was a bad crowd, is saying, oh, they weren't ready for my shit. I'm like, no, you're not ready for your shit. You didn't write it out enough. You didn't present it a certain way. And I feel like I didn't present it so as how, well as I should have. So, so all this so all this about how the, like not bringing the crowd, I totally get that, bro. So what do you, how did you feel like you prepared for this set? Was there a lot of preparation or was it more just off the fly, just trying to hope to get the best? Honestly, off the fly, because this past week at Open Mics, I've just been running new shit and it's been going well. But that's also because I I felt uncomfortable in those situations. I didn't drink as much as I did tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain things like that to where I kind of, throughout the week, worked at a different pace than I was tonight. And I based my performance and how I should prepare for tonight like I did this entire week where I treated it different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, physically and through practice, but mentally, I was like, oh, I got this shit. I got this shit. So you kind of changed the prep around for meet day, kind of. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. To where, like, I, I didn't... I understand. Yeah, I didn't... It's not that I need more preparation. It's just that I need to give something more than just thinking I can go up and rip or mm. whatever. Right, 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 right. That's word. That's yeah. a wisdom. That's a wisdom right there. Well, hell yeah, bro. Well, you know, obviously it's Halloween. We got this. Are you dressed up as anything right now? Like, let the audience know. Did you come as in a costume? Mm-hmm. I'm dressed as sexy Bobby Hill. Hey, right that's what's up, Bobby, Bobby Hill. Hill. That's what, when he was trying to fuck that uh, native girl. Uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when he was like putting up notes in the window. Yes, yes sir. That's me. Right. Yes, uh, sir. Hell yeah. What's like? What's like your favorite thing about Halloween? What's like your tradition? Mm-hmm. Just, just to let people know. My favorite thing about Halloween is that people, when people are dressing like a different person, whether it's like a sexy Bobby Hill or a doctor or a SWAT team or like something scary, it's the fact that people once a year get to like, regular people get to let go of their own inner ambition and just accept that like, uh, how, how would I say this? Or, like, they get to present who they want it to be. Mm. And that's why I have a hard time with Halloween costumes. Because yep. I'm putting one on every day. Uh, and I code switch a lot. And, like, I, I talk different to every person, including and you're, my parents. And, and, you're, and you're definitely not the only one who experiences. Like, I totally understand I, yeah, the code I, switching. Exa- it's, it I, I happens, feel like that bro. is the American experience where you just talk different to every single fucking person. And then when Halloween comes around, I'm like, I don't fucking know what I want to be. Yeah. Um, 
but my favorite part of Halloween is uh, how a lot of people let loose. They get into the costume, they dress like bat. They throw on a Batman T-shirt and they get faded at some random taco place that doesn't even have a proper sign. Yes, sir. It's- shout shout out Menos. Shout out Menos. So, yeah, dude, <laughs> I know. I love this place, and it's crazy how my parents come out to this shit, and they don't come out to house comedy shows that I'm booked on. Really? But it's because of proximity. It's because okay. of how close they are. So at the end of the day, it. Nothing in life is personal, but you can you can dwindle it down to like even music. You don't have friends in music. You have people who can profit off you or who are trying to climb up a ladder because of you. Yeah. And that's the same thing with zombie. It's nothing personal. It's not because your name is Mike. It's not because you're good at whatever or bad at whatever. They are taking advantage of their opportunities, and it's not because you are who you are. They don't even believe you exist as a human. Mm-hmm. And that's to me a while to acknowledge. Like, I don't acknowledge a lot of uh, human experiences. That's why I have shows where I show up and get too drunk before I go up. So you're just more a kind of a guy who likes to live in the moment, kind of roam free, and then when it happens, it's happening. And then you're just there, and you just you, you just give it what right. you got within that. And then you end up reflecting on things that you, you could have caught advice from that shit five years ago, but it took you five years to acknowledge what that learning experience yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and there's no such thing as wasted time if you learn a lesson afterwards yeah sometimes it can take five years to learn the greatest thing or five years to even learn the, the most minor thing so Absolutely. I feel I feel I feel I love right. this interview we're gonna go two more hours yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, going. Going. we're going we're going yeah. we're yeah. going no but right. thanks hell yeah alright Seth so Kind of to just wrap it up. What's your favorite Halloween candy, and what do you think is the best Halloween candy overall? Mm, uh, Twix. Twix is my favorite. Twix. I, I have to agree about Twix. Yeah. Twix is bomb. Twix it's is bomb. Chocolate covered cookie with caramel. Like, what is there not to like? There's everything yeah. inside that you need to just make it perfect. But peanut M and M's is the oh. highest bidding number. Like, if it goes down to prison rules of Halloween candy. Peanut M and M's, you can get most shit. That's pretty good. So what? So what do you think about the peanut butter M and M's? Have you heard of those? Those are fine. It's kind of like I it's kind of like a Reese's Pieces. I've yeah. had all of them like with almonds inside, with almond butter inside. Okay. At yeah. the end of the day, the peanut inside of the chocolate, like M and M's, feels like a child's candy. But peanut M and M's, that's a that's a classy, sophisticated business. It man. is. It's, right. it's, 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 it's really it's really hard to beat. Yeah, it's completely you, you, different. You, you really can't top off the peanut M and M's. So shout out the peanut M and M's. But you know. still, three out of ten. I'm not happy about this performance. Come out and see me, Seth G. Bell. For real. All right. So let so let everybody let everybody know where they can find you, Seth. Uh, Seth G. Balance with two L's on Instagram. B A L L A N C. Seth G. Balance on Instagram. Uh, I'm trying to post a lot more reels. Trying to be uh, more real without a, no pun intended. Uh, I don't know. How how do you feel about like? There's no rappers who are just rappers. They're internet yeah. personalities as well. There's totally. There's no comedians without a podcast who do well. Totally. So nowadays you have to be an internet personality. A personality with a talent. Too. It comes. It comes down to having a social media presence, and that's, people fuck that's with just personality. Yeah, they like personality and they like to see the journey and try to capture and that. Exactly. exactly. That's right. all. That's all it is. That's all it is. So Do you want to split get a bucket of beer right now, bro? We, we, we just might have to. We just might have to. All right, dude. So, Thank you, Mike. Hell, yeah. That, that is Seth Balance for y'all. 45 hey, give minutes. Him, give, give him a follow. You know, he's an up, 
He's an up and coming comedian, straight out of AZ. So not let's do this. Anywhere. I'm not gonna, going anywhere. I'm going to do this dumbass comedy shit till I die. For real, for real. Yeah. What is? What is? Do you know when your next show is? Do you have any idea? Uh, later in November. God damn it. Later in November. Yeah. Check it out. He's gonna be updating. So later in November, keep your calendars open. It's Seth Balance, y'all. Hell yeah. Follow, follow the man. We only here to support. We gotta get the train on. For real. Yeah. This is what it's. This is what it's about, y'all. This is what it's about. Like you did. You did well. You did really well. No, you killed, man. You killed. Hey, hey, what up, y'all? from the ancient Japanese poet and Buddhist monk Kobayashi Isa. This poem was translated by Robert Haas, the tenured Japanese poetry professor at the esteemed Oxford University. This poem is read to you by Luke Rowland, an Arizona State graduate with a bachelor's degree in communication. Thank you, thank you. Uh, 
I do a, well, I'm a rapper. Hell yeah, bro. Same here, bro. We got to connect. We got to connect. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. And, and, yeah, but because uh, I'm a music artist, too, I've been uh, pretty much just trying to, like, put business on the team and uh, pretty much just taking comedy shows when they fall into my last kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So how do you feel, how is music transferred into, like, your comedy act in the scene? Does it help, or is it like, what, what do you think of that? So I was actually doing comedy first. So okay. The name Chuck E.C. actually stands for Chuck the Comedian. Oh, I like that. So I like that. I was doing comedy, but uh, once I started, when I started rapping, it was all, all like funny music. Like, I got like a country song that's pretty funny. Like Just, try, just trying to explore like yeah. any outlet possible? Yeah, like pretty I much like what I, I did. Did this type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what's up. That's what's up. And then like once I found out I had like an actual talent for the music and what have you, and actually had some stuff I wanted to say, uh, I decided to do so, like, all my serious stuff comes out of Detroit DC, all the funny stuff comes out of Detroit the Comedian, and, mm. like, that, that's how it's balanced. That's cool, that's cool. So, it's kind of like an alter ego type thing you got going on. I guess. So, <laughs> what, what, which one is, like, more your passion keeps you at the peak? Like, would you, would you go with the music? Would you go with the comedy? Like, it's close. I love them both. Dude, that's, that's good, though. That's a good answer. Really, it's a love of writing. Like, I, I'm a big fan of writing comedy and, and writing music. So, yeah. Um, like, it's definitely hard to choose which outlet I like to let people hear it from. You know what I'm saying? Man, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. Yeah, being being a creator myself, I've probably been trying to do this for like a year now, but I started mm-hmm. freestyling. And I get it. Once you start writing, once you start formulating, conceptuating yeah. ideas, it's, it's magic that happens and works like what you can truly think of and like dive deep into it. So that's that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, well, speaking of Halloween, you know, it's the season. You know, what's like? What's one of your favorite traditions about Halloween? You know, I, women wearing little clothes. But I'm, yes, sir. I'm not a big fan of Halloween. I don't like spooky shit. I actually just told a joke. I don't like spooky shit. Like, I'm, I'm too impressionable. Like, I'm not, okay. I don't like horror movies. You know what I'm yeah. Saying? Like, like, white people doing crazy shit on screen. I can't look at it for a week. Like, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm not going to lie. What's, all right, so speaking speak of movies, what's like your favorite horror movie or if you had to choose because of horror movie? Uh, man, I, I'm not full of horror movies. If they had to do, it would probably be like scary movies, something like that. Something scary that's movie. funny and, you know Respect, respect. Yeah. A, little, a little bit of the scary stuff with something that's kind of exactly. stupid. So, I, I, I need that you. Com- I need that comedic relief. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally. We all do, we all do, my man. So, going on Halloween, what is the best Halloween candy? Mm. Man, um... Or what is your favorite? No, let's... I was never a big fan of shit. As sad as I am, listen. <laughs> nah, you built, bro. Hey, look, this fuck, fuck, fuck DC, he built like a truck, like for real, though. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'll fuck up a pork chop in a minute. I ain't never uh. been a big sweet tooth. But um, I feel like when I was a kid, I used to get excited about, like, you know what I'm saying, like the, like the Skittles and the, the, the fruit snacks and, and all that kind of shit. I was never big, big on chocolate or nothing like that. So. Okay. The sour, so more, more, more towards like the sour, you yeah, have to yeah. say. Okay, uh-huh. yeah. You know, shout, shout out the sour part of candy. You know, the sweet's good and chocolate, yeah, but there's something know, about the sour that just tastes a little different. Much respect for the chocolate, you know what I'm saying? But mm. the bag on them Skittles, they taste good. You have to, you have to. Well, hell yeah, bro. So what's like, what's the next show that you're planning on doing for comedy? You know, after having this set, reflecting a little Bit. Is there anything on the horizon right now? Yeah, wherever, where, wherever, uh, wherever I land at, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Uh, this show happened, I, I had just happened, so happened to run into Loop when I was performing music somewhere. Mm. And he invited me out here, so I mean, it's kind of been going like that until, uh, you know, I can figure out a, 
Yeah, that's what's up. And, and even for music too, like what's 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 on the horizon for music? So I mean, as far as like crowd and all that's going, with music definitely doing a lot better. Uh, the last show I did, I got to open up for Twisted and Sugar Free. Oh hell yeah, yeah. that's some big names right there. Yeah, I mean, from my childhood favorite. Shout out Twisted and Sugar Free, man. I'll actually be throwing my own show, like headline my own show, probably. For, Definitely before the end of the year, just working out, ironing up some details. So. Yo, that's what's up. Yeah. That is what's up. Well, hell yeah, bro. Let let everybody know where they can find you at. Absolutely. So, my name is Chuck DC. I'm on all platforms as Chuck DC, no spaces. Uh, IG, uh, Spotify, all of that. You know, check, check out my music, check out my comedy. Uh, I promise you won't be disappointed. Hey, you heard it from the man, Chuck DC, the dual talent, comedy, hip hop, rap, music all the above, so check it out, you can see mine coming at you. This poem is called Cosmic Dance. Seeing our bodies and soul intertwine, beautiful things happen to unravel with time. Envision the future, you're meant to shine. Don't grip the present too hard. Anything that's meant for you won't pass you by. The universe operates to its own rhythm and timing. Everything happens for a reason. Weaving together an intimate dance of synchronicity. You are a part of the cosmic dance. The journey unfolding as it should. Letting go of the illusion of control and trusting the process. Embrace the change, but keep pursuing your goals. We all contain so much power, and some of us just don't know it yet. Care instead of control. When needed to remind yourself, ask, how can I win if you aren't right within? Just sit with yourself. You don't need to go out on a limb. When it feels right, your intuition will influence you to start on a whim. Remember, we are a part of the cosmic dance. We're all worthy. I hope all goes well on your journey. Alrighty, folks. So here I am in my illustrious backyard smoking spot with another interview with a great artist and friend um, on the Phoenix scene. Without further introduction, she's been with me. I'll give her a little bit more introduction, a little more ethos, a little more context of the situation. Um, we met in the same performance, human performance class at ASU's School for Human Communication. And then um, she came on as a performer for Slam Poetry at a couple of my shows when I still hosted the back here at Brujas. And then uh, me and her have uh, gone to a couple festivals together where um, you know she, she uh, invited me to that and I impromptly performed at a cypher, which was pretty fucking cool. And we'll get to talking about that later. And uh, me and her kind of go out on the scene and do different cool dope ass stuff. So without further introduction, I give you all uh, no grief. 
Hi y'all, my name is No Grief. I'm also known as Nadia, but No Grief is something I've been going by, and I think I accurate, you know, pretty much represents who I am, pretty accurate. You wanna elaborate a little bit more of uh, why you're called No Grief? Well, No Grief, I just thought, first I was playing around with it, and then I think on a creative scale, I always know like my dad's someone to be bouncing back from that from. Mm. So he came, came out with some, some Spanish nicknames, and I'm like, well, yeah, it's good, but I want to come up with something English. So mm. then he said no grief, which is still my same initials, my first and last name. I was okay. like, look at that, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and it has much more of a significance to it because he's the one that came up nice. with that. My stage name is also my initials. Yeah. Because my, my name, Luke the Rollins. <laughs> Wait, what's your middle name? <laughs> oh, Just kidding. Um, it begins with T. I, I'll, I'll give you that. Got it. Can, can, can put that out there. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's a little Easter egg. Um, is yeah, Luke, Luke the Roland still pays homage to my full initials. Nice. Um, but what does no grief uh, mean in Spanish? Um, I don't think I'm too sure. That stuff might sound cool in a cool translation. Yeah, he came up with some other ones that were very interesting, and I'm like. Yeah, that's really good. But the literal translation is sin dolor, which dolor is also known as like pain. Damn, sin dolor. Without pain. Or no grief. Language is such a cool thing. Yeah, and that's the cool thing is like, no matter how you translate things, things may not always come across and may, and you know, it kind of has like a better, I guess meaning to it but sometimes there's always something lost in translation mm-hmm. but sometimes it like being lost in translation being interpreted differently through a different translation of um, languages is honestly uh, can add to the story a little bit like a good example is anime it's like subs and dubs sometimes the english translations and like the english voice actors adds another layer to the characters that was initially there um in the Japanese rendition of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see the beauty in that when mm-hmm. you take over and you kind of create that narrative to it, I guess. Yeah. You make it more personal. And then other ways, it's just the cheap and lousy marketing scheme. Like when, you know, professional teams just translate their uh, names to Spanish, like for jerseys and stuff, to sell more. <laughs> yeah. Like the Diamondbacks become Los Serpentes. Yep. Yeah, they're doing a lot of that now within Arizona. But to be fair, we do have a lot of Spanish speakers out here. I know, honestly, the jerseys look cool as fuck. So yeah, and then they put like the, the flag on it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. They do all these little additions. I'm like, that's really nice to represent yeah. like the culture. I can't wait till the suns are just like, El Sur. <laughs> But the, yeah, that's actually really sick. <laughs> so, what got you into poetry initially? Well, I first started in a place of just like so much hurt, and and the really it was really Tom, ironic. Who hurt you, Nadia? Life. Damn. No, I, I was in like a place. I was hurting all over and all fronts. I just mm. uh, had Talk dumped someone, him. and I had lost my my grandfather. So I was. I, the really ironic part get, with how I got my name is I was grieving. I was grieving a relationship. I was grieving losing a part of me. And I was grieving my grandfather who was someone who stuck around and he was essentially my roots, which is why I named that poem, my first poem ever, Roots, because he was always someone I could go to. And I know, yeah, we both share a, uh, a 
I uh, share a belief in natural aesthetics for our artistic works. Yeah. Well, because nature's everywhere. And with how we are with our world now, we're so hyper-technology, and it's just like, you know, when people get mad, you know, on memes, they're like, go touch grass. I'm like, you really should go touch grass, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, connecting with the earth and nature yeah. itself is helpful. And for the people listening who don't know Nadia here... <laughs> Uh, she recited a poem from sitting from a tree stump in the middle of a stage during our uh, first like major project during class. Yeah. yeah, and that was our final performance too. That was like our final grade. It was the final? Mm-hmm. Oh, I always thought it was the first. No, it was the final. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I would think differently. <laughs> but it was a memorable performance, I gotta say. Yeah. I just did stand up. I was like, sweet, another another stage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you also made that reference, too. You came to that realization um, this past weekend when, because I dressed in all light colors, and you, and I made it more about rebirth and, and light, and you were talking about, you know, you're like, well, I did the opposite. You know, I did dark. I talked about death. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it was like. I did a 10-minute bit about my pop-ups uh, last yeah. day on Earth. And it was like a cool yin and yang moment, really. Look at that. And now here we are, just blowing in the backyard, recording a podcast. <laughs> ah, lovely turn of events. Uh-huh. What's your, um, you've been to a lot of my shows, and you've kind of um, been out and about in the scene and such. You, you have a social life, I could say. I what, what's, uh, what are your thoughts on, like, the past, like, three years, and, like, what's been going on in the Valley? There's a lot that's been going on in the Valley. A lot of people are coming here, and not just for school, but for their arts, like, things that they've been doing. And I realized that at that festival, too, people are coming here. Mm-hmm. Everyone has, What festival you know, did we go to? Soul Awakening. It was out there in Flagstaff. It was Ooh, in uh, Playa de Ponderosa. It took 40 minutes from their main road to get into where it was at, which mm-hmm. is in the middle yeah. of nowhere. 40 minutes of dirt road driving through campsites and Just such. Just trees. Yeah, it really gets you in the mindset of, like, oh, I'm, like, secluded. Hell, yeah, you're really connected. Cool. Really cool environment. I think the place that we were at was like a um, like a dried out lake because there's like two just like, like random boats. boats way out in this meadow, like right where like this festival was. It was cool. It was like the first year that it was happening, right? Yep, this was the birth of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How, what's your impre- What was your impressions of Soul Awakening as its first year? As a person who went to all three days. Honestly, I, ha- I had no idea what to expect. I usually don't have expectations, but I just knew that there was going to be good people to connect to, good people to talk to. And it was very beautiful, like, seeing all these different lenses, the different focal points people had and their connection with spirituality and, you know, their journey. Mm. And seeing, like, that there's always something to be learned. And it's not a race. It's not a competition. Everyone's on different journeys. Everyone's on a different path. But it's cool when... It's just a lot easier to connect when you there are things you can relate to along your journey. Yeah, and this was definitely a place where a lot of people's journeys were like, you know, crossroads, intersecting. Yep. People were coming from all over. Like, I met some guys from Kentucky, met some guys from California. Yeah, they're coming all over. A lot of people from the East Coast. I was still unique in that. (laughs) Yeah, you you got that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there's those uh that couple from michigan too it was just they're all over yeah there's that one um one woman from michigan i saw yeah what uh 
There's a lot of activities there. There's like horseshoe. There was like a DJ guy set up in a weird van that looked like a tree. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool setup. Um, that thing actually literally kept going all night. I remember my last day there, Sunday. Yeah, it they were did still light going. Up, right? Yeah, it was yeah. very cool. They had like laser yeah, me lights. And Josh had a bet about like, yo, that thing definitely gets so much cooler once the sun gets down. Definitely does. Like, it definitely caught the eye at first because it was like, you know, like green like paper mache it looked like a like an ant from lord of the rings <laughs> it did have a sick. face it did <laughs> and a lot of stuffed animals that dj was pretty sick too who's the dj guy they, oh they kept switching out the djs throughout the night gotcha. so who's sets. the one guy that you were like oh i think i recognize that that oh man i forgot his name it just blinked but he like makes like essentially um it's almost like house music with a little bit of lo-fi into it. Okay. But I'm pretty sure he adds some frequency in there to keep it going. So, you know, you have different frequency hurts when yeah, you meditate, you know. Heartbeat and such. Yep. Different frequencies at which your body vibrates. It was very awesome to hear all the different ones. Who is your favorite artist that performs? Oh, my God. It's probably either Mother Nature or mm. Lizzie Jeff. Gotcha. Which one was Lizzie Ooh. Jeff? Actually, also Spectrum, too. Lizzie Jeff, uh, she performed Saturday. Gotcha. You, you didn't get the chance to see her, but she was awesome. Describe oh. to me what her performance was like. It was like, think about, uh, is it LMI, that artist? But she just, it's because these rappers, they add in like a lot of consciousness. Mm. Like, it's not just, you know, rapping about ass, titties, doing drugs, and all these other things. They talk about using it for getting closer to yourself, talking among your journey so like there was that connectivity that yeah, people can relate to yeah it was a lot more self-aware kind of like about consciousness and ascendant than yeah. it was about like fucking bitches and getting money <laughs> I mean you, you do have your occasional you know couple songs like that from each artist oh yeah we'll do the mother nature's one that this that shit that makes your ass <laughs> drop yeah that I, was bitch going bitch don't worry about it <laughs> bitch don't worry about it that ah. was my favorite one from them and that's literally like all I kept saying to myself I'm like that really yeah, dude, stuck I, I was they me, got them jumping I was saying I was singing that on the ride home for sure yeah yeah, so me and Josh joined you for the first night, for Friday night. That was a really fun night. Hell yeah, it was. It was I felt like I was, um, I got transported to Wonderland, like I was an Alice. <laughs> Down the rabbit hole. Yeah, ate some, ate some mushroom burgers, felt like I... Those were actually super good, with blackberry barbecue sauce. Dude, that guy was I never really thought about that, yeah. yeah. Shout, shout out to... Chef Chex. Chef Chex, mm-hmm. He was making some good mushroom substitute barbecue chicken sandwiches that weren't really chicken but you it couldn't taste the difference it yeah no awesome. you couldn't and yeah you know that you know that josh completely finessed them for that shit too i didn't i didn't know he did that yeah dude. that was still wild i was like what he's like i'll, I'll pay for it later <laughs> i was like all right i have no idea if he did or not i don't yeah i don't think so who knows We'll never know. But how was Saturday and Sunday go? Saturday was fun. Um, I t took my drive down there from Payson up to Flagstaff, and mm -hmm. it was very awesome. I got there right at the right at the right time. Mm -hmm. Divine timing, I may say. And uh, love that. They're starting this uh, poetry circle, and Ooh, I believe, sweet. yeah, I think Destiny the Muse, she was leading that um, poetry circle. So we were just, you know, everyone was going around telling their um, poetry, but First, she started with this activity, so she just said, say whatever you comes to mind first. 
So someone would say something and she mentioned this, like, take up the space. Don't raise your hand. She's like, just, if you say it, just go ahead and say it. Just mm. take up that space. Oh, yeah. And we went through these breathing exercises prior to that, too. And it was just really, like, refreshing. It was really whole. It brought you back to yourself. Did you share anything? I did. I uh, shared my one poem called Metamorphosis. Oh, and yeah. So we both performed it. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. Josh, too. Yeah, Josh did. Shout out Josh Dolphins. In him, uh, finessed her way into a little cipher, thanks to one of the uh, one of the artists that performed. She was the one that was before Mother Nature. I forget what she was called. But her name is Anna. Anna? I, I forgot her last Anna name. Anna something. She has a great song called Wild Woman. And then there was another one, another one that was coming out. I think it was called Ghosts. That one was very good as well. But Her name is Anna Dioriel, or Dioriel? Anna Dioriel. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's how you can find her on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was cool enough to lead a little cypher, so a couple amateur MCs that were in the crowd pulled up and uh, spit some bars. And me and Josh, uh, you know, me and him, uh, we've gotten along very much because we started freestyling together back in college, along with uh, Vu and GC Mike. Uh, Josh was like, you know, one of those like special guest stars. Whenever he pulled through, he'd always spit bars, and we would always be impressed. And then he'd just like dip off the map so for quietly. like three months, and then come back and spit even more bars. And we're like, damn, dude, we thought we improved. Fuck. <laughs> he does it like nothing even happened. Yeah, he just <laughs> bleeds that confidence. So it was cool to, it was cool that like me and him got to do it again, but like in front of an actual audience and like a little bit more done up. There was like trees and lighting and. Yeah. Good, good beat too. The DJ was pretty nice. Yeah, they were going. It was a good flow. Mhm. Mm yeah, I felt like I did pretty well. And I, being the stand-up comedian that I am, like I can always improvise. And, and you got some giggles for sure. Yeah, I got, I got some laughs. So I got some confidence <laughs> for that. So it was just, it was all worth it for that. Yeah. Thank you again for inviting me to that. Yeah, uh, that of course. Awesome. And I really appreciate the two of you coming. I'm like, we had a, that start of the weekend really strong, really well. I'm like, all right, I'm like, nice. I definitely got this start on a Did high note. Did it finish well, too? Oh, yeah, it definitely was good. It was just really cold at night. I was not expecting that. Mm -hmm. So you slept over? I did. Like in the thing? Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Who uh, headlined it Saturday night? There was a whole bunch. Um, at least the ones that I remembered, it was quite a lot. But my favorite artists from Saturday was definitely Spectrum. Mm. There was Venus Sublime, okay. Akasha Wreck. Venus Sublime sounds like uh, they gotta be a little bit trippy, a little bit like. Venus Sublime was beautiful. It, think of her as like a more conscious uh, Nicki Minaj, because she wasn't talking about like, I guess in a sense of degrading, because you know female artists talk about you know doing vulgar things just like men do, but. She's like, well, it's not for me, but she's like, I am the same, but I do it in a more healthy way. Because, like, your words are powerful. So she's, like, more romantic Nicki Minaj? Essence? Yeah. I like Ooh. to think so. I like that. It was really good. So I'd, I'd love to do it again. But the headliners for Saturday was AK the Savior. Okay. Um, Schwilly, Wolfpack, and the Ceremony Circus. Give us a little uh, elevator pitch for each one, of, or each one that you saw. 
I like, I was only able to see AK the Savior at the time. We were, I forgot what we were doing. We were just like vibing around. We are just uh, going with the flow of things. Land, yeah. yeah, but AK the Savior, think of him like 21 Savage. He was going good. And uh, my favorite song from him was probably Melting Amethyst. That was a good one. In Wavelength. Wavelength. Yeah, he got that some sound, good flows. That sounds like a superhero from the boys. <laughs> so like controls sonic waves or something. Yep, does it all from the hands. Yeah, someone like calls his dick the microwave or something. <laughs> Not the microwave. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> You want to spill the tea of that comedy night thing that went down? Oh, what? yeah. So that was Saturday night as well. Yeah, and I was so looking so. forward to some uh, shits and giggles, really. Especially coming from uh, friends who are comedians and all they do is just shits and giggles until yeah, you, you giggle got, you and got shit. You got a good expectation when you see a comedy on a flyer. Yeah. I, I kind of know what to come into, but this, um, I forgot... <laughs> The gentleman leading it, he just wasn't in the mood for laughing. Like, he literally said, there ain't shit funny to um, <coughs> laugh that, about. That's a comedy show. Yeah, so I was like, okay, well, so I'll just be present here. That makes it a little difficult. Yeah, I was like, all right. But, I mean, the, we, were ta we were having a discourse on, like, so many different topics within. I honestly don't, I didn't have my phone at the time, so it was just... So it was like an open discussion kind of thing? Yep. And uh, it went all over the place. It was talking about like some of men's worry with not um, spreading their seed in their sense. So having, you know, kids and stuff, like they want to see their line further and to see their blood like continue. And how our body, our physical body is just a transportation in this lifetime. And our soul, because energy is not created or destroyed yeah so you just keep coming back yeah so we're just atoms we're made up of the same materials as the stars and it just kept going and then there is one person as well his name is sunrise the divine and he was on day 85 of fasting out there and they're talking about like how close day 85 like, yeah i sh i shit my pants hearing no, that how skinny was he no my, my man was fit he was he had abs like you could see how fit he was did he look like he was like 85 days deep though? No, my man looked like he just ate some protein bars. He was he, lo he was looking good. And he was yoked. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he was he's also an artist too. So he was out there doing his thing. He lo he uh, led the Tai Chi. Well, I forgot what that. Like a Tai Chi kind of thing. Yeah, he did. I don't. I can't remember what morning that was held, but he led Slow that. Slow motion yoga. Yeah, he was all about that. And then he brought up like um, the I forgot what. The name of that retreat is it's where you are like a silence retreat yes there we go uh you know trend did one of those what yeah dude. he didn't even like get to go to like a monastery or something he no. just like stayed in his room and then like on zoom and like he <laughs> set did a up virtual. a camera on zoom with like <laughs> 150 other people and then they just like lived his life for a weekend in a room where he just shut the fuck up yeah I'm so surprised that he did that voluntarily. <laughs> yeah, my man can talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he was talking about this too. He went, I forgot which uh, location he went to, but he was away for 10 days and uh, just didn't talk. You're not really allowed to work out. Um, stretching like yoga, talking like within your own mind and hmm. all these things. And you don't realize like just how 
quiet that goes and then this is where they you know they had their jokes part they're like you know i was really pissed tommy did steal my crayons from like the second grade you know they're just bringing up things like that because i guess when you have all that time for introspection you just realize a lot that happened within your past and that's all coming to the surface when you're sitting there quietly not talking to anyone not making any contact not tending to your regularly you know routines or if you have any structure you're just not supposed to do any of that so just you, you, you sit around and bull and just like watch nature be for 10 days yeah that sounds like an awesome vacation yeah they i think he i forgot what the organization That's was cool. but i guess one you come to is like a free and it's just yeah i have to pay for transportation that's basically about it nice but, uh, all right follow-up question yeah can you throw this dog toy i got you i want to see if he brings it to either you or to me this is the first time i met this dog I like started playing with him in the backyard, and mm. then every other time I've like seen him because it was like sporadically at first. I'd like play with him in the backyard, mm. and I accidentally Pavlov dogged him <laughs> to where he ever, whenever he sees me, no matter what time, be two o'clock in the morning, I'll be like back from like a bender. He'll want to play fast. <sighs> yeah, that's how it was when I first met him. Um, aside from the bender, um, he just he he <laughs> sniffed up on me. Felt that he, you know, I passed a vibe check and he brought me a little ball, started throwing it in there. It was, it was, a, it's a lot harder inside because exactly. you know, it's enclosed. My man can't really run like that. Dude, dogs give the best vibe checks whenever you bring someone over. For real. Like, if a dog doesn't fuck with the person, like, it's pretty noticeable. Yeah. Cats, like, you gotta take with a big grain of salt. You know, cats won't fuck with a lot of people. Yeah. Super, they're super big on consent. Yeah. You know, oh, you're gonna pet me? I don't fucking think so. Dude, my cat barely <laughs> fucks with me. That's only if I'm feeding her enough. Yeah. Yeah, no, my, uh, my cat brother, his name is Mike, too. Okay. And, uh, you know, he's like kind Mike of a... Mike the second? No, his name is Michael Tyson Stewart. That's amazing. Yeah, that's Why his... Stewart? Oh, that... that... That's the last name. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, he's a wet food whore, you know? He'll be your friend, and then, boom, wet food, and he's like, all right, I'm gonna bounce, and then just... Like dips out of the house. Sees out. Yeah. My uh, grandmother used to have um, three cats. Now she's down to one. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. But uh, the second cat that, you know, that one was my favorite. His name was Fred. Fred. It was a gray cat that had like just like, you know, a mane like a lion. Ooh, that's a pretty cat. And he hunted like a lion. Like, they would just like let him out in the backyard and then he'd just like roam the streets and just kill. And then bring stuff back and then like one time my grandma like she was like out and about doing yard work and she like looks up on her roof and she sees like this like beautiful bird like endangered species like bird like a cockatoo <laughs> or something and then she sees fred on the roof <laughs> making his way towards the bird he said like that's a goddamn tom and jerry episode like in real life damn he said no chance Dude, he was a hunter man he was a king Cats are really, they're like, they're your most cuddly predator, really. Oh, yeah. I love, I had, like, a really rough day at work the other day. Came home, and, like, Trish just, like, came up to my ankles, picked her up, and just hugged her. 
Yeah, cats do that. They say there's actually healing properties to cats' purrs. Interesting. Yeah. My cat's purr is so soft. So, so low. Yeah. I like, one time I was like really high, just chilling in my bed. And my cat was like whipping her head. And I'm like, I had some, I had some like really like strong sativa. So I was like hella fucking paranoid. Um, can you top me off? Thank you. Sweet, you're the homie. Always. Thank you for the water, Nadia. Always. Gotta stay hydrated. Yeah. So, I got really paranoid because I smoked the sativa while I was like chilling in my bed with my cat. And I was like, oh my god, my cat doesn't purr. She only meows. Like, she hates me. Like, cats, cats purr when they have a good time, right? Like, I, when they're comfortable. I've never heard this cat purr ever. Holy shit. And then all of a sudden I like feel vibration like right on my ankle. <laughs> and I realize like, wait a second, this bitch is purring. <laughs> she said, alright, let me show you. <laughs> She's really, really, really faint. <laughs> yeah, my cat, when I pet him, and he's done making all his biscuits. His, uh, oh, she his... loves making biscuits. Oh, bro, those are, my mom calls them the death biscuits. I call them his croissants, the tortillas. Tortas, like, Why does she call them death biscuits? I don't know. Is she like, is that what, like they do that when they kill the mouse and they're like playing with the, the dead body? I, I only see him emulates? do, I don't know. I see when he like, he does it when he gets comfortable. Like he, he finds somewhere on the blanket where he wants to lay down. He does that and then he or lays down. he wants down. to play with his food. Oh no, he just, he, he munches. He munches? That man will munch. Cat. Hell yeah. Because I heard, I heard this one thing. Where dog toys, the reason why they squeak is because it emanates what it sounds like when a small animal or prey dies. And that's wow. why dogs love doing it so much. Because it releases that same dopamine of like the, oh shit, I just got the kill. Damn, there's a lot of psychology to this. Mm -hmm. I never really thought. Yeah. Don't believe too me. Deep on. Listen to it right now. He's tough. Oh, come on, Ace. That was your cue. <laughs> That's your cue to munch. There you go. No, he's back right. at it. Doesn't that sound like crackling bones? I mean, you know, dogs and cats, you know, they weren't very domesticated. So they got to do something to keep them going, I guess. They used to be well, wild. This is how we domesticated. We're like, hey, we'll give you some slightly, <laughs> slightly better tasting stuff with some plants in it and give you toys that kind of make it feel like the same thing if we just cuddle <laughs> i'll keep you dry from the rain do we have a deal oh god i never really thought about it like that sign okay, a little contract for them <laughs> <laughs> they sign a little nda with their paw yeah bada bing bada boom <laughs> man's best friend it's really ironic how that came about Man's best friend. So, what do you like? Uh, what's your favorite thing to write about? I think I just write what is what comes to me. So sometimes it's just my my emotions, my okay. thoughts, my experiences, and uh, like the poem I made today. That just came out of nowhere. But I think it's also just like writing my truth, the reality of what's 
being seen in the world, but also what's going on within my world, too. Mm. It's... Because with writers, you know, I remember hearing this all the time, you know, writers, sometimes they have to use their imagination to write about things. And I'm like, well, it's hard to write about something I don't know or something I haven't experienced yet. You gotta write with what you're familiar with. Yeah, because then what am I writing? I'm not writing my truth. Yeah. Spot writing another college essay or something. <laughs> uh, too funny. Uh, how are you enjoying the post-grad life? Man, it's been one hell of a ride. Especially being first generation, graduating, it just meant a lot for my parents. Mm -hmm. My ancestors never got the chance to do it, and I got to do it. And now I was working, just some, you know, something to support my uh, Europe trip. Did parents ever trip. give you like grief for doing that, like being the first generation uh, education stuff? No, they just knew to support me. Okay, that's good. Basically, about it, because they didn't know how to help me. You know, they just went to college like my stepdad he went to community college and got his two associates and then okay. my mom and my dad they just got their uh, diploma and GED and then my stepmom she actually got her medical degree out there in Mexico but you know they don't view that as anything here mm. unfortunately that's rough yeah it kind of sucks yeah. yeah you have all this knowledge but they're like yeah yeah that's in like I'm good Mexico proud that sounds like some pretty good medical experience. A whole variety of injuries. You know, actually, you know, there's that joke with uh, with Mexicans. You know, it's like when your throat hurts and your mom gives you that that uh, amoxicillin medication. That shit will rejuvenate you within like a whole day. Mm. I'm like, damn, that's kind of wild. I don't know if anyone else relates to that. But yeah, I went to Europe and it was very awesome. Eating all those different foods, seeing all this different like cultural like seeing how old yeah, europe remember, really is i remember one time you were texting me and you were like man dude i'm in the writer's block and i'm like well what's going on and you're like i'm in europe <laughs> i'm like it's a pretty good place to have writer's block like, yeah. yeah i was just simply living there going through it all it yeah, was very just, awesome just enjoy the time then write about it on the flight home <laughs> true yeah there was a lot that happened i was like damn this is really interesting seeing all this different stuff being in places where no one really knows English and you're like well how do I translate this and uh you know knowing you pretty, me did you like pick up the language pretty well or somewhat it was easy for me to work with uh speaking Italian because like okay uh Spanish and Italian are a little bit differently so yeah you on, just gotta put some flair you know a little bit, of an o on a, a little bit less of the R's yeah. they don't actually roll their R's which I was kind of surprised by yeah really surprised but yeah, they were more willing to help me out. Like when I was speaking a little bit of Italian, a little bit of uh, Spanish, like they helped me out quicker than you know anyone who's speaking English to them. So I was like, cool. Right. You go to you went to Paris, right? Yep. How were I, the French? Ha, uh -huh. The French pissed me off on, on my last day. They don't piss me off, okay. but uh, I played a Paris dog. bingo. Paris bingo. So you, you trash everywhere smells like piss, cigarettes and rats so i got to see all that first thing i saw was a man peeing on a tree during daylight at 4 p.m mm. really interesting rush hour yep <laughs> very much so trash yep cigarettes okay. everywhere see so, and then you saw some trash bags yep okay no rats though i got lucky no rats dang no rats 
gotta go to New York for that. <laughs> Why see rats when I could just go down the street and look at some chihuahuas? Mm, that's true. <laughs> chihuahuas better looking than rats. Yeah. Rats, you get you get surprised by how big they can be. Yeah. I've heard. I'm kind of scared. They're only as big as this cup, but then they turn out to be as big as ball. Yeah, it makes me petrified. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want that thing to be my, you know, my, my roommate. The tail's always longer than you expect. <laughs> it looks like a little worm. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have mice than rats. I, I think I'd rather have an ankle biter as my uh, roommate than a, a rat or mice. An ankle biter? A chihuahua. Uh, is that what they're calling? Ankle biters. They kind of are ankle biters. I don't it know. Does. I don't know if you've ever interacted with them like that. Nah. I would have called them a yipper. Oh, they're that too. Yeah. Give me the yips. Yep, yips. Yip, yips. Yeah. So, um... What do you kind of want to do? Like, what's the goals with poetry? No grief. No grief. Well, you were telling me earlier about, like, the, um, the post on Instagram, right? Yeah trying to get more of my content out there I guess for the world to see because I already have it all made mm -hmm. it's just making sure everyone else can see it I and know, hear yeah, it whenever we talk to you, you always have something new which is really cool yeah it's really interesting because I don't even try to plan it it just happens to come and it's, it's just through me exactly <laughs> yeah so gonna be more active on the Instagram yep what is that socials. Instagram for it, people to hear it is no grief, N O G R I E F underscore. Bada bing, bada boom, underscore. That is me, yeah. No grief. No space? Yeah, no space. No space in between the no grief. One whole word. Like that. Yeah. But also, someone else beat me to it with, you know. You ever thinking like, of publishing in your work? I would like to. My goal, one of my goals is actually publishing my own book. Okay. So it's just a matter of time before that happens. Very nice. Creating all that content. Well, you know where to promote it. <laughs> you already know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we're getting to get a little time. Been talking for a half an hour. Oh, have we? Yeah, very nice. Anything else you want to say to the people? Any advice you want to give the world? Any questions you want from me? What made you want to start this? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, so, it was, I guess, like the pandemic. I was working at a warehouse. Um, and I was already listening to a lot of podcasts to fill up the time of the days. And, you know, all these, like, cool guys were, like, having a really cool time. And I've always loved um, shows and, like, talk shows, like, late-night television and like I was like on the TV studio like in elementary school it was like the most fun thing to do in the world uh, so I was like you know what I could like do this like make a podcast everyone else is gonna try anyway True. so I might as well try my hand and just like as long as I can like stick with it and do it like on my own terms uh, and like just try out what I want to try out and I have I can say I have tried out lots of different things. Some things have stuck, some things have not. Um, but I've kept it pretty, pretty, I think pretty cool and pretty experimental yeah. so far. Been consistent. Yeah, and it's garnered, it's garnered a good little following. I'm, yeah. I'm 
I'm at, it's gotten to the point now where I'm a little bit impressed. Uh, oh. It's kind of picked up. My first episode that just hit like 100 views. Oh, nice. I'm like, wow, that's like cool. Hey, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Got but the, the answer to your question is sheer boredom and kind of spite. That's how it started. Okay. Sounded like it touched up a little bit on like the inner child, how, you, how it was for you in elementary. It'd be fun like watching them pull up the TV and you just... Yeah. See that happen. Yeah, that's the inspiration of it. Yeah. The good old days. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then the reason was kind of just to spy myself and to see if I could do it. Yeah. This was like the first thing that I was doing even before stand-up. Like, when I was just locked in my room during the pandemic. And like during the, um, the GLV days when I was at a fraternity house. So it was also oh. a cool way where I could like hang out with friends and like get them to talk to me and we can talk about like some like deep shit. Yeah. Um, just do the guys of the podcast. So it was also kind of a way to socialize with the other frat bros. The bros. Yeah. So where do you want to take this? Your podcast? 